Hello and welcome to Shoulder Charge, a rugby league podcast. I'm Casey Smith and here is what we got on the show today. My guest this week is Kurt Agassi, the interim head coach at Lee Centurions. Now, after 11 games, it's been 11 losses for Lee. They were brought up into the Super League at short notice through an application process, which has no doubt made it just even more tougher, you know, to survive. I spoke to Kurt about how he got the job. Does he want the job permanently? And also a bit about his time at Toronto. So, here it is. What happened, you know, with choosing who's going to take charge? What, You know, were you the first to step up? You know, what was the situation? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on, on the decision that was made. Obviously, I'd spoke with Derek and he said, are you OK to take the Wakefield game? I think it's just more out of experience than the other... The other assistant coach I've probably got a little bit more experience than, than Nick, who's brand new to, to coaching, and Jay, who's mainly been part-time, so I think it was more the fact of, yeah, the most experienced both to take the next game for which was Wakefield. So so you just fell into it, really, then? Yeah, almost, yeah. I think it was just like, right, OK, this has happened, but who, who can take over in such a short space of time, OK? Yeah. And that was it, pretty much. And do you want the job on a permanent basis? Uh, I'd certainly consider it, yeah. I think there's, there's a lot of variables to it with, with legal going to be in, with the club remain full-time or in Super League. There's a lot of questions to be asked, but I would certainly consider the job. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of the coach, is has Derek looked at anybody else? Or is he still giving you, you know, some games to see where that goes? I should imagine the, the club and Derek and Neil are certainly still looking, yeah. I think, I think he's... And still be looking out there to see what's available. They also said to me just just take each week as it comes and just keep planning for each week and for each game, which is which is fine on both accounts by the looks of it. Yeah, and um, in terms of the season currently, what do you think has not gone quite right for Lee, and why you lost all your opening games so far? Oh, well, there's, a, there's a lot of factors. We we had a tough starting. We played Wigan. Warrington, Stantelling, Cash, we had a really tough start and you mount up some of the injuries as well also. So I think there's a lot of factors in how we've played and the, some of the teams we've had to put out on the field as, as well as some of the disappointing results. So there's a lot of factors within that. Yeah. And in terms of when you've been playing the games, you know, you've had loads of effort and that's nearly taken you to a couple of wins. Even last week was, you know, right up until the last minutes. But obviously... You've come up this season, you've had less time to prepare and get players in, you know, sort of picking up off scraps. You know, you can only kind of take a team so far. What is it that you can implement to turn those close-run games into wins? Uh, and also, I wouldn't say it was picking up scraps as well. There's, there's a lot of experience in that team. There's players who's played in RL, there's players who's played in Grand Finals and Trans Cup Finals and won. So I've got experience within there. I'm just yeah. calling upon those players who have got a lot of experience within Super League and leaning on the, the, the younger guys to bring some energy to the games to, to try and win games. We're so just trying to find that mix right between our senior players and our younger players who all play for each other and for the club to get that first win. And... I- 
you've obviously lost Anthony Gellin. Are you looking? Is Derek looking at any other replacements for him? Yeah, I know Derek, Neil and myself will actively be looking what's out there to bring in in the short time. And also for next year, we're starting to put plans in place for that too. So yeah, we're certainly looking, but we're also getting bodies back too, which is good. So we, everybody's got a, a clean slate within the team at the moment. So things are starting to pick up for us. Is anybody close to signing or is that, you know, early stages with that? Oh, I think it's early stages. I think it's all lifts and bolts, yeah. Right. And... Um, in, if if we are going to stay up, what's going to be the main reason why that happens? Well, that's a good question. It'll uh, be getting into the squad and digging deep for each other when it's tough. I think are the big ones for us. And obviously, you've come into the team on a winning loss. Uh, sorry, on a losing run. Um, what's it been like? You know, taking stepping in, like trying to turn the tide. Has it been challenging? I think we've just changed a couple of areas, especially with the ball, where we can just get excited about attacking again and trying to break teams down just in a, in a different mindset. So just trying to get them excited about playing first, then everything else will fix up from there as well as our defence. Just putting some, a, a few different areas in that could help the team. And it seems to be going all okay at the moment and hopefully we'll help us to get our first win. Yeah. And you've been under... Uh, You've been a coach at Toronto as well, but this is kind of your first time at coaching properly at a, a you know a full time club. Is is it giving you an idea that you want to do this job, or is is it sort of putting you off coaching? No, well, Toronto was always full time, and I've worked with some yeah. fantastic coaches like Brian McDermott and Paul Rowan. I worked alongside closely with the likes of Brian Noble, so. I've worked with some very, very good coach and I see what it's all about. I've always wanted to go on and be a head coach. Yeah. I never knew at which stage it would happen because to get a job as a, whole, as a full-time coach, and especially full-time, they're a rarity that I, the goal just to get. So any kind of opportunity that I get, I was always going to jump out and, and take the chance, basically. And do you think Leah can get out of the mess that they're in? Do you think they can get out of the mess? Uh, yeah, I think, I think they can. I think we get one win. Yeah. Then one win turns to two. Then once you've got two, you've got momentum. Then you start talking about staying up. And we, we've all, we, I think at the moment, the team have got momentum. We haven't even won a game. So imagine when we get that first yeah. win, what we can potentially go on and do. Yeah, I was thinking that, you know, a lot of teams in Super League had, had won a match, you know, your effort and desire. It seems like, you know, you've got that in abundance. It's just, you know, getting the other things tied up as well. Yeah, it'll come. I'm sure that first one will come sooner than we think. Yeah. And you, you've you been a coach under Brian McDermott, as we just mentioned. Has, has it helped, you know, take taking inspiration from his ideas and things like that? Well, I took a bit of everything from every coach I've worked with. So even Paul Rowley and John Duffy, they've offered a lot of good things, which I've also took from them. So yeah. not just Brian, a lot of coaches I've worked with and even assistant coaches I've worked with previously at Toronto, like Simon Finnegan and Chris Plumer, every person I've worked with, I've always took something good from them. Yeah, and have have you messaged anyone for advice or you know since taking charge? Yeah, I've spoken to a lot of coaches that I work with. I've spoken to, to plenty of people and plenty of coaches to get some advice and and how they think I can get help in certain situations. Yeah, so every person I've spoken to been brilliant. Yeah, what do you think is the best bit of advice you've been given? 
Oh, try and get as much sleep as I can. I think that's one of the biggest problems. Yeah. Uh, is is it a, is it a thing of taking all the things home and no, not forget forgetting to switch off sort of thing? Yeah. Well, to, to be honest, I, I was I was very uh, I, I was I was on it. I was an assistant as well, so I was always thinking about the game. As I yeah. said, I had to deal with players and directors, so that started its own use to me. But no, I'm taking it all this stride and I'm actually really enjoying it. Yeah. And into into going back to Toronto, you know, uh, obviously that fell apart in the end. But you know, it, it had a huge potential. You know, with the, they were getting in big crowds as well, and a lot of people said, "Well, you know, it's been mismanaged fr- from the RFL and you know the the owners." Is that something that you felt being a coach? Yeah, for, for as good as Toronto was and what we were offering and the, the product that we put on the field, there the was issues behind the scenes that people didn't really know about. The club wasn't as functional as people thought. But I, I do think with the right support, the right people helping the organisation from the top in, in this, this country, in, I think we could have had a lot more help, which would have helped to sustain a stronger model as a club. Yeah. And... When you was the coach, when did you sort of become aware of things not quite right? Uh, I'm not too sure. I, I know every club has little issues, but yeah, we was obviously brand new. So from the start, we had to build everything from scratch. So we was always going to have teething problems, yeah. even from the start. But each year we got better and better, but there's still areas that we're, we're way behind in. Yeah, and obviously uh, towards the end, wages weren't being paid as well. What effect did that have on you? Well, that, that was the, the the burial of the club, really. Wasn't yeah. it? You can't play your, your, your staff and your, your players and, you know, you have no chance of survival. Then, obviously, you kind of left out in the dark and fend for yourself. So it, was a tough, it was a tough six months for everybody involved in the club, yeah. not just players, staff, everybody who was involved in the club. Yeah, and back to Lee, you've got some tough fixtures coming up. You know what are you t- what are you looking for in these next few fixtures? Obviously wins. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're going there to win. We're not going there to compete. So anything that we can come away with, in regards to a win, we'll be happy with. Every performance that we put in, as long as we're we're playing for each other and we've got a, a never say die attitude, I do I do think some some wins will come for us. Yeah, and in terms of like coaching, you know, getting the team to concede less points and do making the completion rate keeping the errors down what do you what do you do in cut in the in training to make sure those things are improved on well the thing is for us it's never going to happen overnight yeah you know so we're obviously we've still got the same personnel the same players the same coaching staff so we've just got to keep keep our standards up around the club and keep training at the intensity that's almost higher than game pace so we've got to train best than everybody else's training to give ourselves a chance to win so all we're doing is keeping standards high and saying that a very high intensity yeah and coming into you know a big challenge is that that's something you know would you rather go into a, something to overturn or would you look at like you know would you rather be in like a mid-table position and trying to get in the playoffs is is it more enjoying to to you know take on someone who's not won and then try to do you know what everybody because everybody's saying well you know Lee ain't got the quality they're going down you know they said it even when they got 
the promotion, you know, because obviously the championship is full of part time and the step up seems to be so massive at the moment and it's it's about obviously bridging that gap. So is it something that you enjoy that you know, taking on a big challenge like that? What I do know, what I've enjoyed, we get that first win, I'll certainly, I'll savour that moment, but then, knowing myself, I won't have it too long, I'll be straight onto the next game thinking, right, how can we beat this next team then? Then every, I'll savour every moment that comes along with it. So, yeah. in regards to whether they take a mid-table team or whether it, it's hard at the bottom, I almost like the fight of trying yeah. to prove people wrong. Yeah. And I'm sure that's something you, you're going to use to motivate your players, you know. Well, these these think they're going to roll us over. So, go out and show them sort of thing. Yeah, well, people think we're already beat them, but I think we've shown in the last two weeks. And, all, and also, even before I took charge with John, there was still some fights certainly left in the team. It's just that now there's a, I think there's a genuine belief that can go win games. Yeah. Kurt Haggerty there. Now... Let's get into Super League because we're nearing the halfway point of the season now, to be honest. So I thought it'd be a good time to have a look through each team and evaluate the performance, basically. So we're going to start off at the bottom, which is Lee, 12th place. Now, it was always going to be tough for Lee. It's always going to be tough for a team coming up from the Championship, the gap. It's so big, you know, it seems. And not only is the gap big, but also Lee have come up through the application process where it was very late in the day and they had very little time to prepare, you know, get players in. I mentioned in that interview, they were sort of picking up off scraps, really. And Kurt Haggerty didn't agree with me on that, but it's certainly the case that Lee had to do recruiting, you know, later than they would usually do. And to be honest, the the other clubs who didn't get the promotion, you know, Lee beat Feverston to lose and whatnot to the the to getting the promotion to Super League. I think those teams will be looking at Lee and thinking, well, you know, perhaps another season in the Championship is not too bad because they've got an extra year to prepare for things. But yeah, Lee, defensively, they need to work massively defensively. Do they need new players in? Well, we we, we heard from Kurt Haggerty that looking at new players is, you know, at the very early stages. So don't expect anybody anytime soon. And the good thing about them this year, though, is... They've they've always been fighting, really. They've always got that desire. A lot of teams would be, you know, wanting some of that this year, I, I would suggest. But they just can't stay in games for long enough. When the other team has the momentum, they can't shake it off them. Once a team scores a try, it very rarely becomes just the one try. It becomes two, three, four... And that's where they go wrong. They ca- they can't shake that off at the moment. Now I don't know what the solution is going to be because, you know, what what is a new coach going to do? Because it is it is the same players. You know the same quality, so 
why would a new coach change anything? It is looking increasingly harder to stay up. You know, Salford got the win last week as well. So, <laughs> very tough task. But no doubt, well, Kurt Haggerty already said, you know, he's up for the challenge, he relishes it, and he, he leaves. You know, if they get one win, then it could so easily become more. And I suppose, I suppose half of the thing is, you know, having that belief. So they've at least got that. But yeah, it's 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 not. To be honest, it's not going to take many wins to stay up. But it's whether they can get even get that. And if you look at the fixture list they've got, you know, they're all against top sides. So you know, who knows what it's going to be like in the next few games. In terms of Salford. They're next in 11th. Now, it's been a season to forget for them, really, to be honest. You know, every single year we always say, well, there's always a big, massive rebuild that has to go on. And to be honest, well, they've lost a coach as well, haven't they? Ian Ian Watson went to Huddersfield. More on them later. Richard Marshall, well, he's probably not performed as they expected. And there's been injuries. There's been, there's been issues over who plays at fullback. Has Richard Marshall really known his first team, his best team, should I say? They've lost quite a few players to injuries. Callum Watkins, you know, others as well. Always in the past, I think Salford have had a talisman, someone who can get the tries. This year. I think they're lacking in that department and that's probably why they've lost more games than they've won. And I don't think it's any surprise that the win against Huddersfield this weekend, well, last weekend, was a 9 points to 8 scoreline because it's two teams who have, you know, not been that good going forward. Uh, Salford have gotten a new halfback, so it's whether he can, you know, replicate some of the stuff that Jackson Hastings did for Salford and of course it's all it's a new coach so it's new ideas as well so it's no surprise that it's been a bit of a slow start but they'd have probably expected to do a bit better but you know probably playoffs is looking a bit too much now you know they've lost eight games out of ten that they've played and so all they want to do really is, is stay up and you know, with two extra wins in Lee, then they probably will. You know, they don't even have to win that many. They just need a, a couple more and then they will be safe. So Salford, yeah, they've been alright, but they've also been pretty poor. And, you know, everyone were looking at that whole KR game and saying, well, you know, that was a new law. But then they've they've produced that performance against Huddersfield who have been just as disappointing, really. So, there's positive signs. It's just where they go in the next few games. On to Wakefield, they attempt. To be honest, I don't think Wakefield were predicted to do that well this year. You know, another team who has got loads of effort, and I think for them it's about not getting dragged into a relegation scrap. They've won three so far, so... And, and they level with Leeds and Huddersfield, who have also won three. Although Wakefield have played quite a few more games than them, those two sides. 
With Wakefield, there's a bit of uncertainty as well surrounding the coach. Is he going to stay on beyond this season? And they seem to struggle with attracting sort of high, higher caliber players. They missed out on Andrew Fafita as well earlier on, and and there's a couple of you know important players that are off contract. Uh, maybe not this season, but certainly next season. You know, one prime example is Tom Johnston, and are they going to be able to keep hold of him? Well, he's a, he's a top winger, Tom Johnston, and you know, if if another team comes calling, you can only imagine he's gonna he's gonna go with that. So it's a bit of bit of a transitional period for Wakefield I think actually but you, 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 I think they'll be safe this year playoffs is going to be too much for them I think as well so on to Huddersfield <laughs> they're in ninth I don't think people predicted this did they there were many people's dark horses well you know oh Ian Watson look at what he did at Salford look at the, the players he signed and yeah, they did sign some good players. But what they didn't sign, in my opinion, is someone who gets the tries. You, you know, in the in the previous years, they relied on Jermaine McGilvery. But he, he's getting older now. And while he still is a good player and still does score tries, they needed another dimension to that, especially if they want playoffs. And further than playoffs, you know, cup wins and grand final wins and the thing with Ian Watson is he's always performed when he's been the underdog when he's not expected to coming into Huddersfield with the signings made and his track record there was expectation and they ain't lived up to it have they let's be honest so is the expectation why they've not done well well you'd hope not because you know, if if that's the case, then perhaps the, he's not as good as we thought he was. You know, the stats show that they they third worst in the in the table for tries scored, but they're right up there in terms of the meters made and the carries. So it's all right getting to the try line; they just can't get it over the line. So you know, for me, they made a big mistake not getting a try scorer. I don't think, and it's not been good enough, has it? Let's be honest. And you look at the next few fixtures, well, they've got some very tough fixtures. They've got Hull FC. The next five, six, seven are, are tough ones. Hull FC, Catalans, Castleford, Wigan. Then they play them again the week after, Wigan. Um, Hull FC again, and then St. Helens. <laughs> some big fixtures there. And with the way they've done so far, you can't see them winning too many of them. So And then fixtures takes us right up into August. So where are they going to be then? In eighth place is Leeds. Now, they've not done that well this year either. But then I think most of their games have had an asterisk next to, next to them, to be honest, because how many players have they had out recently? And then they lost Kyle Eastman as well. He retired. He, he couldn't couldn't make the step back into rugby league and is Richard Agar the man for Leeds 
okay, they won that Challenge Cup final, but are they actually, you know, is he a big match winning coach? I don't, I'm not sure about that. You know, have they done it in Super League enough? I don't think they have. And they've got some great young talent in the side. They've got quite a good squad. And they've, they've, they have only played eight. So there's, not only has there been injuries, there's also been COVID and all that, all that. I don't think they've played since the end of May, actually, when they hammered Castleford. But when you when you look at the losses, only, there's been quite a few where there's only been a couple of points in it. So, you know, I think they could easily turn the season around and they could easily get in the playoffs. But if they do do that, then do I rate the chances in the playoffs? I, I don't think I do, to be honest. I think there's better teams. On to seventh... Castleford, they've been hit and miss. Well, the table shows it. They've they've won five and lost five. I think they should be doing better. In terms of the playoff rivals, you're looking at the the points scored and the points conceded. Well, Castleford have got considerably more points conceded than the rest of the playoff rivals, and I think that is the weak point. You know, they they're not strong enough in defence. Do they have enough big? Man players, I don't think they do. <clears throat> and in terms of creative, uh, uh, Danny Richardson, I don't think he's been been at his best. But you know they're in a Challenge Cup final against St Helens, so you know if they, if they win that, will it be a successful season? Probably will. But I can't see much. Um, in the playoffs this year, if they if they do get in them, I don't see them performing that well. I think the Challenge Cup is the biggest chance. On to sixth place, who is another surprise entry, Hull KR. They finished rock bottom last year. Obviously, Toronto was uh, expunged from the, and but. Hull KR weren't that good last year. They didn't win many games. But they've got a good coach. Tony Smith is, you know, he's a top coach. They've got good players. They've added some good ones this year as well. Ryan Hall, for instance, he's a top try scorer. You know, he's been at the top of his game. Also going well is Jordan Abdul. You know, he's. I think he's leading the Man of Steel as well. But just imagine, because Jordan Abdul, one of his, one of the things he's not done too well on is his kicking, his conversions. Not so much his kicking in game. You know the 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 goals, conversions have not been as successful as he probably would have hoped. So ju- just imagine how many extra points whole KR would have had, because I think he leads the way in the stats for the amount of missed goals and it, last week it's a big win over Wigan isn't it I think you know if they produce more performances like that more often playoffs is a genuine chance and I think Hull K are a team that spring up surprises so you know I'd tip them to do well in the playoffs because again like Salford did you know, they're the underdogs. Nobody expects them. That could well play into their hands. 
Fifth place is another Hull team. This time it's Hull FC. I think they've done a lot better under Brett Hodgson this year. You know, they're more defensively sound. They're more consistent. You know, if you look to last year, they were losing big and winning big. They're not doing that this year. They're a lot more consistent. And Jake Connor's been... I think Jake Connor's found a new lease of life under Brett Hodgson. He's had 17 try assists, according to Super League stats. You know, he's still got things to work on. You know, I've said many times, he's got qualities to win games, but he's also got qualities that'll lose him games. And he probably doesn't have that um, bit of experience that, you know, maybe some of the St. Helens players have. But, you know, he's, he's, he is a very good talent and will be a top player. Well, he's a top player, but he'll be an even better player as he grows older. But, you know, you, you look back to that St. Helens performance, I think it was Challenge Cup, and they weren't far away. But ultimately, it was a more experienced side that they came against. And, you know, St. Helens have got a lot of big game players. Hull FC, are they there yet? I don't think they are. You know, they probably will get the playoffs. But... For me, I don't think they have enough quality and enough experience. Into fourth place, we've got Warrington. They seem to live in the playoffs, don't they? And they should do because look at the squad that they've got. And last weekend's win over St Helens, six points to two, you know, that gives you the feeling that they've got every, every chance this year. You know... How much quality have they got in that side? Gareth Widdop, look at how he's been performing this year. He weren't so good the year before, but, you know, he's stepped it up a level. But then Warrington, they always seem to find a way of not performing. But you're looking at the table now, it's seven wins out of ten. So, they're going steady. And the thing that's going to help them is... Look at St Helens and look at Wigan. They're not really that convincing, are they? This grand final this year, that could be anybody's. And if if Warrington click at the right time, if if they get Greg Inglis playing to some sort of, you know, top of his game, he's out injured at the moment, but, you know, if they can get him playing come the end of the season, they're a dangerous prospect. And I think they've got every chance. On to Wigan, they've been disappointing. I think a lot of the wins have papered over the cracks this year. I think they've won games that they probably didn't deserve to. They've been sluggish. I don't think the the top players have performed well enough. I think Zach Hardacre, whilst he was very good at the start, he had a very poor game as well. Bevan French, uh, he went, he was missing for the first few games, and then when he's been playing. He's not been at it, and whether that's your family issues or what, I'm not sure. But he were pivotal for Wigan last year. He were one of my favourite players, but he's just not produced it this year. Jackson Hastings has been all right. He's got seven try assists, but then if you compare that to Jake Connor, he's got ten more. You know, Jackson Hastings should be doing better, really. John Bateman, he's not the player he was before he left England. If, you, if you're looking at the net signings for next year, 
Well, they're not exactly big name signings, are they? They've signed quite a few championship quality. And they've lost out on George Williams for this year. It doesn't look so good at the moment, does it? You know, this season could be a write-off if if they don't perform well in the playoffs and they drop out of it. Is Adrian Lamb, is his job under threat? Second place is St Helens. I've said about St Helens quite a few times on this show. I'm not a fan of the coach's game plans. You know, in terms of playing teams when they when they're in games they might be well drilled defensively and well drilled going forward but a lot of their quality for me is being stagnated I'm not seeing the flair of Regan Grace I'm not seeing the flair of um, Johnny Lomax or Kevin Nagama I'm not seeing an, an, an X factor and they've got them players in the side in abundance, so, you know, why why are they not doing well? They're not exciting, are they? Does anybody have, you know, licence to, like, you know, break free of the, the coaching structure to try and do something different, to try and do something out of the ordinary? I don't think so. For me, they're far too regimented. And whilst that might you know, be the safest option, it's putting a lot of doubts into the minds of fans and pundits, and they're not looking like the dead certs to win the grand final like they have been for the past past few years. And it'd be no surprise to me whatsoever if somebody beats them in the early rounds of the playoffs, because they probably they will be in... Surely they're going to be in the playoffs. But for me, unless they step up the game and start producing some more, you know, less, more exciting play, some more, take take some more risks. You know, they've got the quality there to do it. Don't hamper the flair players that you've got. Use them to your advantage. And on to first place, we've got Catalan Dragons. I think these have been really good. Sam Tompkins, you know, brilliant. He's fighting it out with Jordan Abdul for the Man of Steel at the moment. Tom Davis has been chipping in with tries. And usually with Catalan Dragons, you know, they lose the heads, they capitulate. They've probably shaken that off this year. You know, they've had a big clear out of players. They've got rid of players like Remy Casti, Tony Gigo, Israel Falau is gone, probably not coming back. So maybe that's why they've had sort of a culture change. And whilst them players have gone, there's been younger French players coming through, which has been, you know, a great addition, I think. You know, a bit of exuberance, a bit of fearlessness, a bit of pace should I say because Catalan Dragons are a big side but I think they've got they've gone away from that a bit you know they've still got the big players but they've also got the the youth added in with it which is a good a good balance for me uh, well for me they've been the best team so far well, the table shows it obviously I think this year for the grand final this is their biggest chance. 
will they win it? Well, I'm not. I'm not sure. I can't. I can't really make a case for any of these teams that I've mentioned so far of winning it. I just can't. I see positives and negatives, you know, on each side. At the moment, if I was, if say, if it was Catalans v Saints, I'd back Catalans. You know, I'd probably back Catalans against more more teams to be honest. But then, you know, we're only so many games in, and you know, the tables change around all the time. So that was the look at how the teams have done so far in Super League. Let's get on to the Championship because there's been a full fixture list in the Championship. Featherstone, they've won again. They scored 48 points in the second half. They beat Dewsbury Rams, I think it was 68 points to 24. It's a good job Featherstone uh, performing on the field and, and not performing like they are. Off the field, shall we say. Uh, in terms of other results, uh, Newcastle, they've won again. 40 points to 6 against Oldham. For Oldham, they've slipping into the relegation zone now. Uh, six straight losses now for them. For Newcastle, it's two wins on the spin and it's two wins against the two in the bottom. So, you know, good for Newcastle because they're going to... They're edging ahead of those in the bottom. For Oldham, the next few becomes very crucial. You know, I think um, they've got Dewsbury next, which is a key fixture. They've got to win that. Then after that is Toulouse, so tough fixture. Then Bradford, so Dewsbury becomes vital for a win. Because at the moment, it's the two great Manchester teams that are going to go down to League One. Other results... Batley overcame York, 22 points to 20. Well, it's another big performance from Batley. I think the third now, you know, one of the biggest surprises this year. Top stuff from Batley. But York, as I said previously on the podcast, they've not done well against playoff contenders at all. They've lost every single match against playoff contenders and this is another one but it was there were two points in it and it was you know either team could have won that probably neither team should have lost you know and I think that scoreline suggests York are getting there to be honest they seem to be improving you know think about how badly I've done this year so have York are York going to turn a corner after this probably but for Batley, the the momentum continues, and as long as you pick up those points, you know it's a shorter season. Points in the bag are going to be vital because teams are going to go through rough spells. They're going to go through injury spells. Teams have already done that, and Batley have just carried on steamrolling through. So exciting times for Batley. In terms of the the drop zone in the championship, you know, we've got Oldham and Swinton right now. Six straight losses for Oldham, as I mentioned. Swinton, they've lost every single match. Other contenders for the drop, we've got Whitehaven and we've got Dewsbury. We we also put Newcastle in there, but they've they've won two on the spin, so they've pushed themselves a bit further on. 
Whitehaven ain't won in five games. Uh, they, they last won against Oldham. They did get that draw against Batley, uh, against Sheffield, and they went close against Batley. But Whitehaven probably still not in good form, and there's all sorts of turmoil going on with the with the board exits. For for Whitehaven, their next two is York and then Swinton, so tough tough fixtures. And in terms of other results in the Championship, you've had wins for London, wins for Halifax and Widnes. London and Halifax, they're maintaining their playoff spots. And Widnes, they've, when you consider what they performed in the f- first few games, they've turned a corner, haven't they? And they're just outside the playoffs at the moment, so that's all good for them. Into League One, unsurprisingly, Barrow Raiders win again. This time against London Scholars, it was 24 points to 14. Unfortunately, T. Ritson couldn't make it three uh, f- tries in as many weeks. He did get one try. However, I think that would have been a club record had he got the three tries in three games. Uh, in There was the Welsh Derby. No surprises here. Uh, North Wales overcame West Wales 60 points to 10 Hunslet drew up another interesting result, they drew to Doncaster 18 points to 18 Rochdale came close to their first win in quite a few games they were facing Workington so good opposition that were 34 points to 28 so Rochdale they, are they going to turn a corner? They've got the injuries. That, they've got the injuries to contend with. Remember, and in that was it for this week. Do join me next week. Where I'll have another guest, and we'll do it all again. See you then.